Agency appointees have defended their fiscal 2020 budget requests, cuts and all, on Capitol Hill over the past few weeks. But having data behind which programs work and which don't can make those cut decisions go a little more smoothly. Several federal agencies have adopted this approach as part of the Trump administration's focus on evidence-based decision-making. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman joins me with more. And Jory, first of all, what agencies are actually using an evidence-based approach and to propose cutting? The Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, has really been leading the effort on this kind of evidence-based decision-making. Um, they are one of the agencies that faces not quite a, a budget cut, but a flat budget for fiscal 2020. They're getting the same amount, about a $7.8 billion budget, uh, and that's all well and good. But however, their workforce, their workload rather, is encountering a lot of added strain uh, about every year. Airline travel is going, about, is going up about 5%, and that puts an added strain on the TSA's workforce. Patty Cogswell is the acting TSA administrator. She said that this budget environment, flat budgets are a best case scenario. She went as far as to say that flat is the new up as far as budgets go. And she said that that has led to some tough decision making. We are constantly being asked, well, this is critically important. How can you take a cut to it? And the answer to us has to be, how do we demonstrate and prove I can't cut this piece off to fund this? Because there's a huge impact if I don't do this piece of the work. And at what point is something so unfunded that it doesn't make sense to do it the way we're doing it? And we have to have a completely new program and plan. Measures are absolutely critical to helping think through how do you want to position yourself in that discussion. And despite the TSA having a flat budget, there are some things in there that are zeroed out, actually. Uh, three programs, in fact, that really center around the TSA's surface transportation. Uh, one of those programs is the Visible Intermodal Prevention and Response Teams. Viper. Viper. They patrol aviation, rail, and marine facilities uh, down on the ground, and they the, 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 uh, the budget would also zero out law enforcement officer reimbursement programs, as well as uh, TSA staffing at exit lines. So when you walk into the, the airport, make sure that people don't go in the exit. Congress has has really pushed back on those those cuts there. Uh, but Cogswell said that she would rather have a scenario where TSA zeroes out those programs rather than hurt a lot of programs a little bit. If I try to take that amount that I have to cut and go it across like this, I do so much damage to so many programs. It actually reduces my overall effectiveness. It's better to say, I can't do this. I need to do this function another way to reallocate funds. That is a really hard conversation to have. You need a bunch of different pieces of information in order to effectively have that conversation. And that's Patty Cogswell, the acting TSA administrator. And we're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. How has the GAO used metrics for its reports that you are also reporting? The GAO does have a couple of mandates and a couple of priorities of how they go about doing their reporting work. Their their top priority is things that are outlined in statute like the NDAA. Their, their second big priority is requests from the leadership of committees, but 
after that, they the GAO does have some discretion in what they do decide to look into and, and what they don't. And as a result, GAO ultimately reports to, to Congress on these matters, but they do understand that there's a lot of public attention to these reports that they send out. And as a result, Nancy Kingsbury, she's the managing director of Applied Research and Methods at GAO, she said that the agency is rethinking how they track popular reports. We actually measure the number of hits in Twitter and the number of hits on LinkedIn and the number of hits that a particular report gets, as well as the old measure we used to have of the number of downloads it gets off our website. Because the whole way of communicating today, if you're trying to influence other parties, is different. I guess Twitter mentions is one metric they should use. I hope they don't base the whole thing on that, though, Jory, because, I mean, 99% of Twitter is nonsense. It sounds like an interesting new set of metrics they're using besides downloads. And how are agencies taking steps to ensure they are measuring what they think they're measuring? It's always a difficult problem for agencies setting metrics and then making sure the metrics actually apply in the way they expect them to. It's especially tricky in some of these intelligence agencies where there is a limited amount of, of information that they can share with uh, their, their agency partners. And to give you an example, Jeff Fowler is the chief accessibility officer at the CIA, and he said that the agency is rethinking some of the metrics that they're using. Often what we do, we go ask our customers, right? Are you satisfied? Is this helping you? Is this informing you? But frankly, that's a fairly poor measure because what we're providing to those particular customers is for them essentially a free good, right? And a free good is, hey, great, yeah, absolutely. Give me more free goods. I, I, I like this. All right, so it sounds like agencies, GAO, CIA, are carefully choosing which data they decide to apply in evaluating their programs and deciding whether to zero them out or cut them back or add to them. The question then is, how do you track the quality of the data to make sure that it's actually applying in the way you hope it will? Agencies are taking a, a closer look at some of the data that they have. There is a push behind a, an upcoming federal data strategy to to really take a smarter look at data and, and use it as a, as a strategic asset. On that note, Michael Smith, he's the director of the Bureau of Political and Military Affairs at the State Department, and he relayed a story about work at his office. They've been tracking the number of people that they have who can train other folks about counter improvised explosive device uh, methods. And they got a number back from one of their private sector partners. And they said it was it was pretty high. And they looked at the numbers again, and they were actually a little higher than reality bared out. And Smith also talked about a colleague who works in landmine removal, who they thought they were making some significant progress in that front, but he also realized that there were, some, there were some metrics that they weren't tracking. They were really feeling pretty good about the impact that they were having because they were telling us how many acres they had, you know, in a given place made free of mines. That's pretty good. And then they were also talking about the reduction in casualties as a result of their efforts. And I remember somebody said to them, have the people moved back? And they were stunned because really that was really the impact, isn't it? You know, if you clear the mines, it's good that they're clear and it's good that no one's getting hurt. But did the people move back? And so that is now one of the metrics for their impact. Well, yeah, that's right. Data sets are always hard to choose carefully. There's one famous picture going around the Internet showing a World War II era plane. Authorities of that day were trying to decide where should we armor plate this plane. They diagrammed with a scatter diagram all the places where bullets went through it. And someone said, well, now we know where to put the armor. And someone else said, no, put the armor anywhere there are not bullet holes. These planes were shot up and made it back. 
the ones that were shot down have bullet holes somewhere else. Choose your data sets carefully and make sure you know exactly what you're looking at. And where did all this come up, Jory? This was during a panel discussion at American University's School of Public Affairs. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. You think your dog deserves the best for the holidays. BarkBox knows they do. And the best is exactly what BarkBox delivers every month. You'll get fun-themed goodies curated for your dog, and you'll be joining a community of pups and their people. We're celebrating sugar season with a double batch of irresistible toys, treats, and chews from our season sweetings-themed box. To start spoiling your dog and get your free upgrade, visit BarkBox.com slash podcast.